Hello, revolutionaries. Welcome back. This is Allison Task coming to you with another bonus episode of the Personal Revolution podcast. We are in the middle of our three-episode series on moving during a pandemic. Last week was episode one, where we discussed choosing to move. This week is episode two. Ah, it's the gnarly episode. It is the transition episode. I am a transition coach and transitioning is my jam and I hate moving. And I coach clients through transition all the time, every day, many times a day. And I chose to put myself in a transition in part to live out the experience that so many of my clients have. I am not gonna transition jobs. Do not take my job away from me. I love my job so much. I might evolve my job, but I'm not gonna make a big change. But transitioning where you live is probably my least favorite thing. When I grew up, I lived in the same house from two to, I guess my parents moved when I was 28. So I don't have a lot of experience with those domestic transitions and I do not particularly care for them. I do not like it in a transition. I do not like it with three kids. I do not like it with a mouse in a house. I'd prefer a house, not an apartment. You get where I'm going with this. And specifically with my transition, we chose to downsize. We have a house that's a little bit too big and, (laughs) ah man, it's like probably about 3,500 square feet and we are moving into a space that's less than a thousand square feet with three children, one of whom is extraordinarily active and a dog. So you do the math, a thousand square feet, six entities, forget the dog, a thousand square feet, five entities, that's like 200 square feet per person. So that's really not a lot of space. My husband will be overseeing the teaching, the schooling, the feeding, the caring, and I have an office where I will be seeing my clients. So I am I'm able to leave each day and go to work. So that's good for me. So let's talk about this transition space. So here's what I'm learning. The transition space has a lot of unknowns. And, you know, when you're swinging vine to vine in the forest, you need to have faith that that next vine is there. When we put our house on the market, everyone said, where are you going? And we said, we don't know, right? Even people trying to understand my story needed that next paragraph. They needed to, okay, they're leaving. Well, where are they going? So I'd say, we're staying, you know, we're staying here in town. We're just not sure where. That seemed to satisfy people. Again, people not moving, just people inquiring. They have the cognitive dissonance of not understanding the story. So imagine living through it, right? We're moving, we're putting our house up on the market. Now here's the hard thing. It took us six weeks to find a place. I assure you, it is not because we were picky, discriminating or discerning in any way. It is because we have a dog and it's very hard to find a place with a dog. And right now there's just no places in my town. There's no places to buy. There's no places to rent. It is a colossally difficult market and that's why the prices are so high. So we ended up finding a little place, right? We wanted a four bedroom. Everyone has their own bedroom. Couldn't do that. So we got a three bedroom. The boys are going to be bunking up together, which will be, I want to say a shit show, but I'm going to say it'll be interesting and it'll be fun. And one of them will probably end up sleeping with the parents most of the nights. We'll see how that works. It'll be fun. Not knowing where you're going is really hard. Finding a place and knowing that that place is really small is hard getting rid of everything, right? What do we do with our stuff? Now, I am not a very stuff-centric person. Most people look in my closet and say, that's it? That's all you have? Yep, that's it. That's all I have. I just don't have stuff. As I said, when my daughter was born, right? My daughter, I became pregnant with my daughter seven months after my son was born. My sons were born. By that time, I had actually gotten rid of all the baby stuff. Like there was no baby stuff for her to have because there was no baby stuff. Like I had eliminated all that stuff, all those baby onesies in the first three months, gone, gone, gone. So I keep my clutter pretty clear. And yet there was still a lot. 
I have a huge cookbook collection. I have been an on-camera TV host, a cookbook author. I probably have 500 cookbooks. Haven't cracked any of them in the last five years. So that means it's time to go. But that doesn't mean I can't mourn the loss. That doesn't mean it doesn't make me feel sad to see someone buy 200 cookbooks for 150 bucks. It's hard, right? So I think something I learned during the transition is to A, grieve the loss always, which I talked about at at great length in the beginning of the pandemic, but also find safe spaces for your items, right? A a beloved item I'm hoping to sell for $800. In the end, someone's just going to buy it for 40. Well, that makes me sad, right? So uh, at what phase do you prefer to just donate or give away? To find safe harbor for the things that matter to you is important. And again, I'm not a things person. I feel kind of silly talking about this. And I thought in the transitioning and the downsize and the letting go, I would feel relieved and it would be so great and I'd feel lightened. Well, we had a few phases of letting go, right? We had the first phase of letting go, which was just to clear out the house to show it. And for that, lots of junk went to the curb. Then the second phase of letting go is when we find the place that we're moving to And we realize it is way smaller than we had hoped. So we have to get rid of, you know, there's no dining room. So the dining room table's got to go. Chairs, everything that we had to host lots of people for Thanksgiving or holidays. Well, there's no hosting right now, right? We're in the pandemic. So all of those things have to go. And with it, those items were tagged with my hopes and dreams of how our family would be, right? Now, I'm choosing this, but it doesn't mean I didn't have aspirations for a different version of this story that are not happening. And a lot of it, honestly, is because of the pandemic. We are trying to batten down the hatches, right? We are on a ship and we're throwing things off the ship so that we can weather the storm. The storm is an economic storm. The storm is a social storm. And the other part of it is, as a parent, how do I want to raise my children? What do I want to expose them to? And as a human being, how do I want to walk through the world? I want to lighten my footprint. I want to lighten my footprint differently and in a different place than I was 10 years ago. I want less. I actively seek out less. When I see big homes and big options, I think my son recently said, well, we'd live there if we could. And I was like, no, we wouldn't live there if we could. I don't want eight bedrooms. I don't want staff. I don't want it. I want a light footprint. I want to live lightly. I want fewer things. So I wanted those things, right? Those were my aspiration. That was, if I was seeing a coach, that was the goal. But getting there can be hard. And in that process, you learn a lot about yourself. That's why clients come to me for transition, right? So all of these things I was so excited to get rid of, they hurt more than I realized. I was more attached to them than I realized. And I... I believe that attachment is suffering and I certainly lived it out over the last few months when I was in transition. I was attached to these things. They held meaning and I need to move the meaning from these farmhouse chairs. Oh, I'm going to be social and have lots of people in my life. Farmhouse chairs represent that back to no, here's what represents that. Actually inviting people over, actually hosting an an outdoor event this fall or next fall when we can do those things. But What's great about the transition is you reconnect with your values, right? I'm reconnecting with what's important. I have found that over the last month, I've taken more pictures of my children because I so appreciate this very moment, right? 
where my head would have been down cleaning a room or organizing or something because I had too much, I'm now able to be more present. And isn't that the goal? It doesn't mean that there isn't some growing pain or adjustment or transition discomfort. There's a lot of transition discomfort. And I chose in this transition phase to go headfirst into it, right? I'm doing a lot of the moving myself. Today, I'm packing up the kitchen, the bathrooms. I want to bring just what I want and have it set up and nothing more. I'm going to be leaving lots of stuff behind, you know, half-filled bottles of this and that. I'm going to be, I just took a huge shipment to our local food pantry. I don't have to do it myself, right? I could have hired an organizer to help me. I could have worked with a coach on this, but I wanted to feel the extraordinary shift myself. Some of you may know, um, almost two years ago, I'm I'm one year and nine months sober. And part of not drinking and not masking feelings is feeling feelings, feeling pain, feeling confusion, feeling sadness, feeling anger, frustration, et cetera. I wanted to feel more things. Part of why I stopped drinking is because I wanted to stop numbing. In moving and in this transition, I wanted to experience it all and experience it I did. There were many mornings where I was sobbing and mourning the loss. When we went to see our new place and bring the kids and see the new neighborhood, I felt great joy at how happy they were, right? They were just looking for what was great about the new space. They weren't perseverating on the negative or the loss. They were just looking for the new neighbors, the new basketball hoop, right? What new things can they enjoy? And I was just so warmed by their radiating positivity. So in in experiencing the transition and feeling the pain, joy, sadness, heartache, you're more alive, right? I chose to be more alive in this transition and being alive includes feeling lots of pain. So where do you go with this? When you're in transition, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. When you're in transition, you will not feel good. You will feel it all. You will feel it all. Let it come. Sob, feel pain. Don't chase it away. I certainly didn't. I felt it really acutely. And know why you're doing this, right? When in doubt, come back to your original reason. We want to lessen our footprint. We want to lighten our load. We want to be intentional. We want to free ourselves up to feel more, to do more, to be more alive, right? Instead of being constrained by your things, be experiencing the world. Lighten your load so that you're not maintaining what was, but you can be open to what will be, right? We've lived on a hill. We've never had a flat space. In our new space, it's flat. There's a basketball hoop. My husband was was a big basketball player back in the day. On the first night we were there, he played basketball with our sons for two, three hours, just right out in the back, you know, until dark. Wow, we always wanted to do that. It's a simple thing. It's the hoop left by the prior owners. It's a fakakta hoop. It's not very nice. But the joy that that these people felt throwing a ball through a ring for hours, right, was worth it. That's why we did it. That's why we lightened our load. That's why we said goodbye to yesterday and we say hello to tomorrow. That is what a transition is. That is what my transition was. And my surprise was the acuteness of my feelings of sadness, mourning the loss, and recognizing all of those expectations I had. All those expectations I had that were, you know, deep within the wood of the farmhouse chair. Well, that's a lot to put on a chair that, by the way, is uncomfortable and I never really liked sitting in anyway. But that represented something. And this is the closure of one thing and the opening of the next. 
that is transition and it is deep and it is filled with emotion. And it surprised me. You're moving from the known to the unknown, then moving toward that thing and then figuring out what it's like when you get there. So in the next episode, I'm going to share what it's like to be on the other side. I'm moving this weekend, so I will see you on the other side. I'll talk to you about the new neighborhood. I gave you a little preview with that little basketball discussion. But what happens the first night we really sleep there and we really move in and we really shrink our footprint and we really meet some new neighbors? What's that going to be like? The, the next side. I've already driven by the area and I'm like, oh, that could be a cool little coffee shop. That might be a nice little walk. What what adventures will we be open to now that we're out of the routine, right? That's why we did it. Break out of the routine. Look for something new. I don't want my children to live in the same house from two to 28. I want them to be okay with transitions and shifts and moves, right? Not so much that it's traumatic, but enough that they embrace life and embrace their own transitions and developments and recognize when they're getting stale and when they need to invite in some fresh air. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to another bonus episode, episode two of the three-part bonus episode series on moving, transitioning, and moving during the pandemic. Thanks so much for listening. Big hugs to you. Massive, massive hugs and kisses. I will kiss all over this mic because I can't kiss your cheek in person. So huge, huge hugs to you. Lots of love.